Forgotten Flicks, episode 117, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, 1989. I'd like to introduce our panel, four eminent specialists in their field, and in his first visit to the U.S., the eminent Swedish gynecologist, Dr. Conrad Johansson. No. Dr. Johansson, my question is for you. In your paper on multiple orgasms in geriatric women, you attribute increased sexual appetite to a lactose-restricted diet. Now, I know you're modest, but I really must insist on pinning you down here. Doctor, which exercise would you find most beneficial to geriatric sexuality? Oh, boy. Well, some of my patients prefer walking. Some prefer bicycling, but for the best results, to guarantee satisfaction, most of them like fucking, you know, punta, punta, punta. I like it myself, you know, one in the morning and late at night. And welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am Joel, your humble, bald-headed host, and I'm joined by that other hostess with the mostess, Jason. Wait, what? I'm not white. Why didn't you tell me this? Uh, no, J- Jason, you are very white. I didn't say Barry, by the way. No, oh, so baby, punta, punta, punta. Question. question? <laughs> Peter, do you find that offensive? <laughs> Richard Pryor, I know you're not actually Swedish, but go with me. Go go with it. <laughs> what do you find more offensive? His awesome Swedish accent or the concept of multiple orgasms in geriatric women? No offense to any that might be listening right now. I say <laughs> I say go for yours. That's what I say. So needless to say, as you could tell by the intro, this particular episode of Forgotten Flicks will most certainly have the explicit tag. It's a freaking <laughs> Richard Pryor movie. I love how I said freaking. That's the it's a freaking. Yeah, the TV version. Freaking, freaking son of a biscuit. Fr- son of a biscuit eater. Ditch digger. That's hey, that's right. And and one key thing we did learn from this movie though. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> I, I I say go for it, Fuzzy. So yeah. This uh, tonight tonight, because it is night where we are in this point in time in history, when we're recording this episode of the Forgotten Flicks podcast. This night, we will be discussing See No, see no Evil, Hear No Evil from 1989. If you're new to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, A, where the hell you been? <laughs> I mean, really. And B, I should have said A and then two, because that's really obnoxious when somebody does that. A, where the hell you been? Two, yeah. Next, <laughs> this is the podcast where we watch and discuss some beloved motion picture from primarily the 80s into the late 90s, late 70s, but basically when you grew up, like us, in that VHS video rental store era. I I just had lunch with a good friend of mine, Uh, Jason knows him well, Terry, Uh, and uh, we were discussing, and I didn't even have to say it, I said, Terry, do you remember right near the the, Walmart strip 
plaza, whatever that strip mall, whatever the hell they mm-hmm. call it. You know, strip malls, by the way, very deceptive name. Never, never have any strip to it. <laughs> you grew up in the wrong part of town where I was. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, every, strip, every strip mall, that's all they had in Jason's part of town. <laughs> I grew up on Orange Blossom Trail. Yeah, they had those yeah. in and the toothless whores. Uh, anyway, so yes, we had uh, the strip mall with the with the Walmart, you know, because you got to have the Walmart. And, you know, it was Central Florida in the 80s. Uh-huh. And we had the Pet Harbor and the TCBY yogurt. Remember those? I missed that, actually. I, uh-huh. I, I like TCBY. And I, and I said, do you remember? I didn't even have to finish. He goes, Armchair Theater. I said, yes! Armchair Theater. That was the video. That was like our... I'm sure they were a chain, but compared to Blockbuster, which would come in shortly thereafter, it felt more mom and popish, at least in my memory. So mm-hmm. if you were of that era, the Armchair Theater era, this is the podcast for you. And... If you've never seen tonight's motion picture, <laughs> uh, well, bully for you, <laughs> Jason, before you synopsize this exercise in political correctness, would you like to hear the trailer? Uh, I, I've been looking forward to this, actually. <laughs> and I, and unlike many of the trailers we play, I it did not have to edit this one for time. It's about an hour, uh, an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, silly me. Minute a, a minute and 10 seconds is what I meant to say. And it pretty much actually has things going on that make it decent to listen to, not just explosions. So, yes, without any further ado, I give you See No Evil, Hear No Evil, the trailer. Gene Wilder. I'm deaf. Repeat, deaf. Richard Pryor. I'm blind. Repeat, blind. Together again. We can hang out like this more often. In trouble again. Wally, there's a gun here. Get rid of it. Between the two of you, you saw and you heard everything. He reads lips. You're talking too fast. Was there or wasn't there a woman? Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. On the run again. I think we should kill them. Don't guide me. They're looking for a blind guy and a deaf guy. Stamp your feet. I'll follow the sound. I feel ridiculous. You look fine to me. Who the hell was driving? Richard Pryor. You mean I'm not white? It feels like it. <laughs> and Gene Wilder. Do you really think you can stop coming? Not if it's funny. A good comedy, as you call it, is worth its weight in gold. Are back. I don't know what you're looking for, but it's a little to the right. See no evil, hear no evil. How am I doing? The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at your local video rental store. We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. Thank you, JV. And actually, we also could have played the Netflix streaming version of that. But per the conversation of Armchair Theater, I felt a little nostalgic. Seemed fitting. Seemed fitting. Yeah, I kind of like that. It did. It did. Yeah. That's all right. So, Jason. Yes. To make sure that <laughs> we are covering all our bases. Mm-hmm. Would you like to synopsize this movie? But... For the purposes of the audio podcast, I personally think you should do it using sign language. 
I thought you were going to say with my eyes closed because I can do that. You know? <laughs> or your mouth closed. Either way, I'll close my or, mouth. That's your favorite kind of synopsis, isn't it? The yeah, one that I right, did with, with my the, mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, the premise of this, the synopsis overall, is, is fairly easy. Um, it's the story of Dave and Wally and two guys that bump into each other and sort of become friends. Uh, Dave, played by Gene Wilder, is deaf. And Wally, played by Richard Pryor, is blind. And they work together at a little newsstand. Uh, some guy comes in and is murdered. They are sort of framed for it, or not framed, I guess they... Uh, bad timing. Assumes, yeah, bad timing. Uh, and there's sort of two bumbling idiots who are trying to escape the law for the crime they didn't commit, uh, while also trying to sort of solve uh, who really did it. Which, really, that's kind of the whole movie. In a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of side uh, stories. I mean, there. Uh, Wally has a sister uh, who um, is trying to keep him in check, and Gene Wilder, sort of his character, uh, uh, Dave, is trying to hide the fact that he's deaf. And I guess to so some degree, and some to some degree, Wally. I wouldn't say he's in denial about being blind, but he's he, kind of overcompensating. Yes. So it's it's kind of a balance. Uh, Wally is overcompensating and act like he's not handicapped or blind at all and just doing whatever the hell he wants. And Dave is sort of acting like he has no handicap and trying to hide it as best he can. But that's not even really a, a, a super strong um, storyline or, or thread within yeah. the movie. It's there, but it's, it's really more for a, uh, moving the comedy forward than it is anything else. I mean, it's it's more of a bit uh, in in a lot of the uh, sketches or scenes of the movie than it is really like a coming to terms with mm -hmm. type of you know uh, deeper meaning. But um, the only other thing in the synopsis is uh, I get the murder uh, occurred over a coin. Yes. Well, uh, yes. I suppose a, it it was a coin at least up until the end when you found out it was something else. Right. So it was like a coin. Uh, and Dave and Wally came into possession of it because they were there when the murder happened. And uh, so I guess that part of it sort of is another part of the story, but that's such a short part at the very end. And well, the coin thing's a MacGuffin. I mean, it's just literally yeah, it an excuse to have them get in their trouble and the shenanigans yep. and and get to the bad guys. And yeah, sort uh, of. And, and gal and gal and gal. And I would be completely remiss ah you got uh, to say it first i got to say it first i would be completely remiss if i did not mention uh the two primary bad guys in this the and left one guys, and the, the wait, wait the left one and the right one <laughs> the left one and the right one uh in this were joan severance and joan severance and i'm sure there was someone else that she was partnered up with but i really just didn't notice <laughs> <laughs> okay okay it was kevin spacey yeah it's kind, um, of, kind but, of a big deal i mean if it had just been one of these actors that it's like I, he I, looks vaguely familiar i think he did a couple other movies in the, in the early 90s but it's kevin i freaking won an academy award for usual suspect spacey <laughs> yeah i didn't again i didn't really notice him joan severance uh was there which is ironic because um when we put this list together of the movies we're going to cover mm -hmm. and we put um this on the list, see, you know, over here, no evil. And then last week was the Hulk Hogan movie, No Holds Barred. Yes, the last one. Yep. Yeah, we did not. We did not on purpose set up a Joan Severance double feature. Well, um, from, from the same year. And if you notice that too, I think even I'm, the same year. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's funny because 
all of our old cheese ball double features that we did unintentionally, if I'm not mistaken, were always movies from the same year. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just probably comes from the fact that, um, uh, the cheesy movies come in pairs. Maybe, but they were, there were some pretty different, like masters of the universe and garbage book kids, both 87, but I would say they had nothing in common in the grand scheme of things. No, but they were both oh, they were ridiculously both kind of, cheesy. And they were yeah. both ultimately just marketing maneuvers to sell toys yeah. and cars. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. But, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it was it was completely unintentional if you think we're doing a Joan Severance uh, tribute. Uh, we are, uh, yeah. but we didn't do it on purpose. So yes. um, uh, yeah, but she plays one of the bad guys. She's sort of one of the henchmen who is the actual murderer. Uh, and Kevin Spacey is her uh, kind of helper, um, the other bad guy. And they're trying to get at uh, Wally and Dave to mm-hmm. get the coin back. And at the very end, we sort of find out they're working for someone else. But I'll leave that for a little bit later. But uh, so really, that's that's the gist of it. It's pretty simple. Yeah, um, yeah pretty simple plot. I want to get this out of the way up front. There was a few mainly Netflix review type comments which again comments sections god almighty don't i it's i OC, it's it's a, it's a, it's an ocd it's a self-loathing thing it's like apparently i like to punish myself no that is internet rule number one don't read the comments period well needless to say there were most of them were you know relatively positive yep but there were a few now these are netflix yes we have people no. review do their little mini reviews yeah the one that bugged me the most, they gave it one star. And it was this rant about politi- like just how politically incorrect it was. And it was so offensive, blah, blah, blah. I actually, and I went into it thinking, oh boy, this is going to be, because we've watched a few movies from that time period where we're like, eh, you know, some of those jokes don't translate so well. And yeah, yeah. I actually don't think this was one of them. I'm going to make the argument this movie while obviously the two main characters at times do do goofy things, their ha- their handicap while played for a few jokes. I ne- I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't feel like this movie was meant to be making fun of blind and deaf people. It made fun of these characters in this situation. It used their handicap a couple times for some punchlines. And obviously, if you're hypersensitive, I yes, I could see. How, oh, it's, but it's I don't know. I just didn't think it was offensive i didn't find it to be so the mean spirit. Was, it was ultimately so, that it was a one-star movie because this is just the offensive and 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 just horribly you know misrepresenting blind it's like it's not representing anybody but wally and dave i'm a blind man and i hated watching this yeah, movie. exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was what it was i was and, and the thing is if you stayed through the end credits or stayed awake as the case may be <laughs> uh, uh it it actually said now it was in this time period, but in 1989, it was like something Braille Institute. And there was another like the American Institute for Hearing Impaired had actually worked with the makers of the movie. So yeah. I'm not saying they had their total blessing, but my guess is that if you want to criticize the movie for plot issues and story issues and some of the writing, OK, but when it comes to the concept that two people with a handicap being in a comedy offends you, well, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so in other words, in your world, 
we should never, ever have a comedy with people who aren't with all of their faculties and senses, right? Mm-hmm. And we sh- we just shouldn't have that. And then it, it stands to reason that if you are going to have that, if you are going to have people that have some sort of disability of some sort, that you're going to use, to some degree, those as part of the jokes. Or why would you... you does this make... Am I talking in circles here? Because I, I guess what I'm getting so, at is it wasn't <laughs> offensive. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you, because if we couldn't have um, if, if movies with handicapped people couldn't be made, we would have no Jim Carrey movies. I mean, come on. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but um, think about it, seriously, like Dumb and Dumber. No, I agree with you. Dumb agree and Dumber, you, you could make okay. an argument that these are two guys that are mentally challenged and we <laughs> laugh at them. And you know what? You bet your ass I do. I think it's friggin hysterical. OK, are you talking about this movie? No, I was talking about Dumb and Dumber just then. But yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, Uh, so I will agree with you on a couple of fronts. One, uh, I didn't really find any of the uh, blind or or deaf jokes or um, uh, their portrayal of to be generally offensive. I think they were caricatures. I think they were ridiculous caricatures enough Mm -hmm. that it wasn't uh, on the level of making fun of all of the people. I mean, I think Gene Wilder, while I do have issues with this movie. Uh, I don't, I think he played a sympathetic oh, yeah. character yeah. and a sympathetic hearing impaired person. I mean, I think it was, it, it, he came across as a genuine, uh, didn't want anybody to know. Now the jokes, the pratfalls, the, the gaffes, the goofs. I mean, someone said, let's make a movie about a blind black guy and a deaf white guy and put them together. And it's hilarity. I can see that uh, conversation happening in a Hollywood boardroom. Uh, but Gene Wilder didn't play a ridiculous character. And I don't think Richard Pryor went too far with the blind stuff. None of it was completely idiotic uh, from the perspective of offensive or, or making people with any kind of sight impairment. Um, be, I don't get it. I mean, see, I can I, see. I, let me let me just interject this. I think what, what I would have found offensive is if it had been patronizing. If it had been. Did you ever see I Am Sam with Sean Penn? Yes. Yes. Oh, can you remember that movie? And yep. it was so. That was um. Al said Leonardo DiCaprio in it, right? No, no, that was Gilbert Grape. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he did Gilbert Grape? Which, which was yeah. that? That was actually a decent movie. I am Sam, as I recall. I think that may have been Dakota Fanning, like one of her first movies. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay, and remember he was the father, and they were trying to take the girl away. And yep. at the time, I remember not disliking it, but one of the big criticisms of it, and in hindsight, I'm sure they were correct, was that it was too patronizing it was too uh, you know like oh you know the the poor yeah. oh poor handicapped people yeah they exactly can't what themselves. i liked about this yes. is that that both uh the prior character and to some degree the wilder character uh, they're both kind of dicks <laughs> and they just <laughs> and you know what i mean but it's like i like that they weren't these victims they weren't uh, that's you know, true they took action they did what they had to do i mean they didn't necessarily do it wonderfully but yeah. just like even just that one scene that i opened the episode with it'd be that i laughed out loud <laughs> it was funny you know <laughs> um i i like you know what i have to agree with you on that i didn't think about that but i did like the fact that um they weren't just complete they weren't just handicaps they were people yes. with some kind of impairment. See, and it's so offensive it turns out they were asshole all, yeah. or dick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they weren't just their condition. And, you know, like a lot exactly. of the movies were played out to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I like agree if that's that. all they were, if they were a blind and a deaf guy and it was a series of 
ah, what? And walking into walls, like, and that's all the movie was. Or you felt like you were laughing more at them. Like, if you even think about it, if you even think about it, most of the, if you look at the gags as you get your straight man and then your person is more like the punchline, they have it in Costello dynamic, let's say. Most of the jokes are on, say, the cops. Especially that one sergeant cop looks like any moment he's going to have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. And, and they even played that up at the end because they he, he com- completely turns into like a babbling idiot when yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gene Wilder uh, uh, makes some crack at him. And he can't and shoot he's him. like, can I shoot him now? Can I shoot him now? What? What? I can't yeah. shoot him now? And he kind of oh. plays that idiot. Oh, you realize something. Wait, maybe this is offensive. It's making fun of people with dementia. He was an older gentleman and he completely lost it. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> but, but seriously, like if you think about like the, even the deaf joke, quote unquote jokes and the blind jokes, like Richard Pryor, that scene in the, uh, the, I don't know what you'd call it. The, why am I brain farting? The mansion? No, the seminar, the whatever the, the seminar thing, wherever he's, he's just, start, oh, yeah, you're just going to start yelling the, out different the settings, conference. the mansion, the, the bathroom, the train, the, yeah, the, he's at the medical conference. Yeah. The conference. Uh, That's the word I was yes. looking for conference. So he's at this yep. conference. He's got to play it off. And Wilder comes in. I didn't play that part, but Wilder comes in and and because all of a sudden <laughs> Pryor pretends like he's got hysterical blindness. Right. Yes. And, and then he well, wa- he that- walks into a door at the very end of that. But I felt as if they did that intentionally to sell that he was, quote unquote, hysterically blind. You know what I mean? Oh, well, they did that joke. Uh, now, wait a second here. Uh, they did that joke of him walking into stuff like six times. <laughs> so when else did they not- do it that it was that obvious? Uh, they did it at the one point where they're walking out of the lobby where they see the bad guy at the desk. I mean, not the bad guy, the cop at the desk. Yeah. And they're walking through the lobby and uh, he bangs into something. Yeah, but again, but again, but again, I don't think that was necessarily making fun of him in the from the blind sense. There's a body laying on the ground in front of him that he trips over. No, 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 no. Not when they were in the newsstand, because that was another blind joke. I mean, they did blind jokes, but it wasn't. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where he walks, he's walking to the hall. In he the walks right to the, the wall. conference at the end. Yeah. Because he's he does got, that like a, yeah, they, they do that like half a Okay, fine. They didn't have another time. It was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So uh, putting the PC part of this aside, because yes. I don't think it was terribly offensive. I do think there was, I found some of the. I found some offensive stuff in this, what? but had nothing to do with either uh, of their races or either of their uh, uh, conditions or handicaps or any of that stuff. Um, however, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. No. I, you know what? You know what I have to say to that? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> it's taking me how long would it get that sound drop? We did Ferris Bueller win. Oh my God! It's been a year and four months, something like that. But now I have no a year and a half. So now, from now on, whenever you say something, I disagree. All I have to do is cue Cameron. <laughs> Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. And then follow, <laughs> and follow it up with asshole. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that statement. I'm gonna agree with you on several uh, issues here. Uh, one. I'm going to clarify. I love Richard Pryor and I absolutely really love Gene Wilder. Now, uh, young Frankenstein, a fantastic movie. Um, uh, Gene Wilder has done some really, really funny stuff as has Richard Pryor. And you and I have talked about several of his movies. And that's part of the reason we did this is that we, we haven't covered, uh, either a Pryor or a Gene Wilder movie yet. 
Um, and we've talked about potentially doing, you know, the toy. And then once we start talking about this, speaking of offensive, <laughs> uh, yes, right. If you want to get offensive, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Um, you know, we've talked about potentially doing, you know, either, uh, uh, stir crazy silver streak, some of the others that they've done together. So it's nothing about those two in this, but in general, I didn't find this laugh out loud funny. There was one or two little bits that I kind of chuckled, but mm-hmm. I wanted this to be a lot funnier, yeah. a lot more haha than it actually was. Now, I, I still think there are parts that were cute and there are parts that were, you know, <laughs> I get it. That was kind of funny. But I felt like they played some of the jokes over and over and over and over. And one of those, which is to my point here, was that Richard Pryor walking into stuff or Gene Wilder being turned around when someone was talking to him and thinks that he's ignoring them and they get all mad or get all offended or I'm like, okay. Yeah, we've done that one four or five times already. So uh, Redundant, even at the yeah. end, yeah, even at the end, they redo that same joke where it's Gene Wilder has the knife and he's gonna he's he's threatening the last bad guy to throw the knife at him, and the guy's not turning around. Well, what Gene Wilder doesn't know is that behind him is like fifteen cop cars, and they're all pointing their guns at the bad guy, and the bad guy surrenders, and Gene Wilder thinks it's all because of him. <laughs> uh, but they've done that so many times. It's yeah. just not funny anymore. Yeah, I get it. No, and I think that's a totally viable, legitimate complaint. I, yeah. I, there were a couple parts that I laughed out loud. The, the punta, punta, punta. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I found that scene funny as hell, but I did. I would have loved to have seen more of Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor playing those parts. Because that part you're talking about is they go to the hotel because they're there to to, to uh, follow the bad guys. And, the, and they hear someone in front of them at the front desk trying to get a room. And they say there's no rooms because there's a medical convention in town. And uh, the, the uh, lady at the front desk says, look, tell you what, to this other guy, if these two doctors don't show up by 10 o'clock, you can have the room. And the two doctors are one from Germany and one's from Sweden. So of course, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor pretend to be these guys and walk up. And the funny part of it is, you know, Richard Pryor pretending to be Swedish. And and we got uh, to hear Gene Wilder do his young Frankenstein. Right. Voice to I would have loved to have seen more of that because that to me is like classic Gene Wilder. Yeah. And Richard Pryor was f- really funny in that piece. I'd like to see more stuff like that. But the problem was that kind of those kinds of jokes took away from the blind deaf jokes that were the only it seemed like those are the only jokes they went to except for that one little piece. Yeah, I, I, and think, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, that's that's viable. It's strange because it seems like I'm contradicting the old statement of, oh, it wasn't offensive. They didn't do that. No, you're right. And they did play off a lot on the fact of their handicap, but it's strange. I just didn't ever feel as if it was mean spirited. I mean, as no. as you're saying and, it now, it just, you're right. It was a lot. It was excessive to the point where it ceased to be as funny, but not in a, God, this is just intolerable. No, it wasn't mean. No, it didn't come across as mean. It didn't come across as uh, offensive to me. It just seemed like it was a little tired. Yeah, that's uh, a tired. That's yeah, it wasn't offensive. Yeah. It was tired in certain yeah, parts. It, yeah. So it wasn't yeah, it wasn't terrible. And I didn't think, oh my God, this is awful. It definitely had some eighties uh moments. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> where some of the things you you listen to and you think, Oh, okay. When I watched this in eighty nine, I probably felt like that was an okay joke. Maybe now that was a little not okay. <laughs> I mean, um, but it wasn't as bad as some that we we've, we've watched in the past. Now, there was something else I, I, I wanted to bring up that kind of sh- not shocked me, but something that caught me off guard. I, I have seen this movie before, uh, which I assume you have. I, in I fact, correct? I, in fact did, I will go into okay. that uh, deeper 
<laughs> a little later, but uh, <laughs> but yes, I have. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I have seen this. Uh, I've seen all the well, all three of the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder ones they've done together. Um, and but it's been a long time. I actually don't remember the actual last time I've seen this, but it was all familiar, and I and I know I've seen it. Uh, I sat down to watch this by myself. It was you know later at night. Kids are all in bed. Uh, wife's reading in the other room, and uh, I'm sitting there, and I start watching it. And I didn't even look at the rating. Or anything. So I went in and thinking, okay, PG, PG thirteen comedy from the eighties, starring uh, I, Richard Pryor. Right. Yeah, I didn't know they would go all Richard Pryor because I guess what I had in my mind was more like the toy and uh, Brewster's Bru- Millions, Bruce and, Rams, yeah. and where he was a tamed down version of his stand up routine. Yeah. Now you and I have talked about this. I love stand up, and I've seen uh, all the <laughs> all the videos and. Uh, cassette tapes audio of some of his stand-up routines and it's hilarious but i wasn't expecting it in the movie so the first couple of like f-bombs or mm-hmm. uh like the, the the um clip you just played it it didn't offend me at all it just caught me off guard i was like whoa there's cursing in this movie <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know why it surprised yeah. me but it so, just so caught the, the, me off guard the very beginning of the movie they cross paths so to speak and right. and I guess Richard Wally, right? That's Richard Pryor's character. Yeah, he's, Wally. Yeah, he's, yep. he's coming up or go, going towards the subway. And in the interim, Gene Wilder's <laughs> yeah. character, Dave, has stepped out in front of a truck or something. And the guy had flicked him off. and truck's yelling at him. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, Dave doesn't hear anything. So he's focused on the truck and, and he yells at the truck driver. You are a dumb idiot. Right. And so yeah. Wally hears that, thinks he's talking to him and starts talking trash and saying things like... No. Whoops. No, say one more word. Just one more fucking word. Come and, on. And then, but Gene Wilder doesn't hear him. Yeah, he says something like, "Up yours." And you dumb asshole. Which, by the way, let me throw out. <laughs> really weird to hear Willy Wonka talk like that. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> it is. It sounds much more smooth and natural coming out of Richard Pryor. Uh, Gene Wilder. It. it oh, they even address that between their characters. At one point, Gene Wilder. Remember the car, the cop car. They're trying to hide the cop car they've stolen. Yeah. We could even get into, by the way, how did that cop car get off the barge? But hey. <laughs> <laughs> but so so he's talking to him about his ability to curse, uh, Richard Pryor's ability to curse, and uh, the fact that. It just it's like a gift and that he just doesn't have so yeah they they almost like we're addressing that on some level yeah, but then yeah. in that scene dave proceeds to drop f-bombs and again i watched willy wonka not long ago so i'm just looking i'm going willy wonka <laughs> Woo, potty mouth <laughs> you're going down back down the crazy river again aren't you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Ch- see that chicken's head get cut off Oh man, that that's disturbing. Um, but you know, it's funny you bring you bring up the the uh, cop car thing. So um, there was there was something else, aside from the fact that I felt like the deaf and blind jokes were uh, a little overdone in this. There were a couple of plot holes in this. A couple. <laughs> so um, a couple of, and it wasn't so much plot holes as it was. Um, I don't know how to describe it. So there are a couple of things that, that were just completely unbelievable from, I don't know if this would be editing or acting mistakes, but there were several times when Richard Pryor would say something or I'll just call it Wally would say something to Dave 
Mm-hmm. And Dave was not looking at him and he would respond. So well, there were several times when I, the only one I caught that was really bad that I thought was just obvious was when they were at the desk and he's looking down. He's not looking at the yeah. woman's lips. And she says something about, I could save you two queens. And he makes some joke about, you know, obviously, haha, get it, queens. And he yeah, makes yeah. some joke, but he makes a joke as he's looking up. So for him to have done that, he had to hear her. Yes. There was another one. They were standing at a window and the shot was them looking out the window mm-hmm. and, and Rich Pryor was kind of beside him. So, you know, he couldn't hurt him. But um, there were a couple of those. But like you, you mentioned the uh, the idea that the cop car that they stole. <laughs> so another blind deaf joke uh, is that Richard Pryor was driving blind as a bat. And which is funny because bats aren't actually blind. They just have much better hearing and their eyesight isn't very helpful. We know Captain so. Nature. <laughs> well, well, now, to be fair, you have to add that it wasn't so much Gene Wilder's character. Well, I keep saying that. Dave, his hands yeah. were handcuffed behind his back. He couldn't drive. Uh, that's true. Uh, that's true. So he was uh, just trying to talk Wally through driving, uh, which was kind of ridiculous in itself. And then at some point he tries to take over the pedals and then they go off of the end of a dock uh, or um, what would you call that? Not a like dock, a pier, a wharf, a pier, a wharf yeah, or a pier. Wharf, yeah. yeah. Uh, and crashes onto a garbage barge uh, into a pile of trash bags, right? Mm-hmm. Nose in the car is sticking out. And uh, at some point later, the car is off the barge on the side of the river. Uh, yeah. And it's literally as if somebody's just picked it up and moved it off the barge. Uh, they just kind of picked it up. And uh, you think so somebody was- would have noticed when the barge stopped in Jersey or whatever it was, that there was a cop cruiser. Not even stopped. The thing's going down the river. They're sitting on both sides. No one's looking at the trash barge thinking, huh, I didn't realize the police department threw away a fully <laughs> cop car. <laughs> was it a better off dead? Yeah, that's a damn shame. Throwing away a perfectly good whiteboard like that. <laughs> yes, that's it. Well, and then the, to make matters worse, if you really extrapolate out from this, not only did that, did they launch a cruiser onto it? And let's just assume there's someone driving the barge, driving the barge. In the rhythm of the night, dance to the morning light. Sorry. Who's Johnny? She said. That's much better. Thank yeah, you. That's true. That's true. Uh, hey, the other one's from uh, uh, Show Enough, uh, Last Dragon, right? Last Dragon, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Who's Johnny was from Short, Short Circuit, Johnny Circuit. number five. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Short Circuit three. More short circuity. They never did have a three, did they? It was only two. It was two because two was number the Johnny Five. Yeah, that's not offensive. No, and two was from Los Lobos kick your ass. Los uh, Lobos kick your face. Los Lobos kick your butt into outer space. Something like oh that. Oh my god, I haven't thought about that in twenty years. <laughs> that's the one where he goes up or goes with the gang members, and they convince him they're trying to help people by stealing radios out of their that's cars. That's right. Remember when people used to steal radios out of cars? <laughs> yeah. Johnny number five wasn't very smart, was he? Interesting that when the computer becomes sentient, it gets dumber. Yes, it gets stupider. <laughs> yep. Really kind of did. So anyway, so, we digress as per usual. So the barge. Yeah, the barge. Yes. Wouldn't he have noticed the guy with the handcuffs in said cruiser? Because they didn't get the handcuffs off till the cruiser, till the police cruiser was off the barge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. And then, of course, that's another blind joke. Hey, uh, 
Wally is going to hacksaw at the chains and get his handcuffs off. And he's like, oh, come on, I'm blind here. You know what it was? That, uh, yes, technically you argue that that is a quote-unquote blind joke. But I think it's more, it had to be done. He happens to be blind. Obviously, there's going to be some level of shenanigans involved in that. Did You know what I'm saying? Like, I never, I guess that's where I'm trying, I keep coming back to that. Like, I guess on paper, yes, this should have been perceived as something politically incorrect and it's offensive. But maybe it's to, to your point, some of the jokes were just so tired that. Yeah, they weren't offensive. Yeah, yeah it was like, it just, <laughs> like, oh, isn't that sweet? He's trying to help his friend and not hack his hand off. <laughs> so the other parts, uh, the other thing was, OK, these guys are working at a newsstand and uh, the the person who gets murdered, we, we really see him for just 60 seconds. Yeah, a few minutes. Turns out yeah. He's, yeah, he's a bookie. Uh, and he is Wally's bookie because Wally has a gambling issue and, you know, they don't really play into that too much other than he likes to gamble on the horses. And they do a funny bit. Yeah, they do a funny bit where Wally is watching the horses with binoculars, uh, but his binoculars are going the wrong way. And the guy next to him at the at the uh, racetrack is like, uh, huh? Does that kind of yeah. 80s double take? Huh? <laughs> He's looking the wrong way. So, um. So anyway, the guy that dies is the bookie and he's a bad guy. And um, but it seems like the entire NYPD is after Dave and Wally mm -hmm. for this murder. I mean, like in like at one point, not the not the end where they pull up and they're all around like the helicopter. But there's another point where they all pull up. It's I counted like 12 cop cars. Let me ask you, was it at the motel? Motel, this is my note, Motel Room 18, uh, kind of yes. overkill from the cops. Yes, yes. It's where they, they plan to meet up with uh, Wally's sister because yes. they need some help. And uh, the cops find out that they're staying at that motel, this two-story motel, um, not the hotel, which is later where the whole medical thing happens. Uh, they're a two-story motel, and they checked in Room 18. So like a dozen cop cars just rush yeah, up to the least. front of this building they all jump out like full on all guns blazing they go into the hotel into the motel oh they escaped out the bathroom window <laughs> oh, oh oh they're gone and at that point the detectives are like damn it they escaped again but it was literally like five minutes in front of them <laughs> or two well here's a, here, well here's the thing then of course they hadn't escaped this i give them credit for credits too although i didn't Ask the question, how could they have done what they did? <laughs> they The camera slowly tracks back away from the bathroom window after the cops leave, and it slowly tilts right, upward. Right. And there they are in the AC vent. In the world's largest air duct. In a motel. All three yeah. of them laying down on their stomachs side by side so they can look through the vent so you can get a camera shot. And interestingly, <laughs> now this is maybe, let's see what the ceiling is like. Seven, let's say seven feet. From the floor. Yes. How did they all three get up there? Right. There was yep, no, no chair. chair there no. was no ladder, no rope ladder, no uh, <laughs> Rapunzel like hair, nothing like that. And presumably you could have gotten a couple of people up there and they could have helped hoist the last person up, I suppose. I guess you could make the argument, but I don't know that they could have done it in the time allotted. <laughs> And also, well, side even, note, I, side note on this: the motel when the cops show up, um, was everybody there screwing? 
<laughs> it was. It was, and not only that, it was, was everybody there breaking the law? Yeah, because it was, there was creepy. Part where, there was a part where the guy and the girl, because the funny, the joke of it is, the cops are out there with a bullhorn saying, "Come out right now with your hands up. We know you're in there. Come out." Yeah, we know what and you're doing course, in there. <laughs> every yeah, and everybody guilty conscious like comes out of their their motel room doors, including a guy who looks at a girl and says. You said you were 18. Oh, yeah. The one that I found like really disturbing. So this like old Uncle Jesse looking dude comes out and there's this young, young female and then this young male. Co- it's like, really with him? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like all of them are, are involved in some kind of debauchery and they all yeah. come out. Yeah, it was disturbing. The whole thing was disturbing. It was a little messed up. So I would not want to sleep on those sheets. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so that leads me to. Oh, God. The part that did kind of bother me a little bit. Oh, boy. Uh, here it comes. <laughs> um, Should I queue up Cameron? <laughs> you, sir, are an asshole. <laughs> pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Where did pardon my French come from? Like that expression. I'm pretty sure asshole is not French. No, but that was kind of a phrase. Like, it was, pardon my French. Yeah, pardon yeah. my French. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so as we mentioned already, uh, this movie also co-stars the uh, gorgeous and lovely Joan Kevin Severance. Kevin Spacey. Oh, damn it. Uh, yes. My time is um, off. <laughs> uh, no, we don't actually, in fact, get to see Kevin Spacey's uh, nipples. But we I do. Know. What was up with that? Talk about offensive. Yeah. Uh, but we'd see Jones twice uh, in this movie. Or what? Uh, oh, I thought you said uh, something else. Whoa! I think twice. it's like twi- tw- twice. Yeah, enunciate, my friend. Enunciate twice. Um, so she is a she is a fine looking woman. Uh, I think we can agree. She on is that. not ugly. Yes, uh, she is not ugly. Uh, I think still now, and if um, you you look her up now, she is still a very fine woman. And if you look uh, it up now, and you don't have your Google image filter set for <laughs> yeah, before safe warned. search, uh, you may not want to do it at work. Um, Just heads yeah, up. Uh, still, still. Um, so she she is. A fine look woman. So in this movie, she plays kind of the primary uh, evil lady uh, who does the murder. We already mentioned that. And then she is also sort of the uh, bombshell in this, which, you know, they always kind of have those jokes around the hot woman in in some of these comedies. And um, but there were at least several points where she was, I think, full on sexually assaulted. And it was kind of played off as. Haha, because she's hot, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was a little confused. There was some uncomfortable. I don't want to say it was full on terribly bad. There were just some very uncomfortable moments. So here's here's my first one. Mm-hmm. Um uh Dave breaks into or kind of cons his way into the bad guy's room to steal the coin back. Perfectly legitimate. They get it. Uh it and he had seen that they hid the coin inside this bag or purse or backpack or thing. Uh, he goes in the room, starts looking around, realizes he sees it in the bathroom, starts to go into the bathroom. Oh, and he sees that she is actually in there showering. So he's sneaking in. And as he sneaks in, she slides the shower door open, face full of like soap or uh, um, uh, mud mask or something, something she can't yeah. see because it's covering her. Right. It's covering her face. She kind of blindly reaches her hands out, feeling for a bag. Well, it's already in his hands. So he. Holds it up. She digs something out and then goes back unawares that he's in the room. Now, uh, as he walks out of the room and he's digging through the bag to find the coin, he knocks things over. She hears it. She comes out with a towel on. He has the 
hand in the pants pocket, <laughs> pointing with his finger, saying, stick him up. I've got a gun. And he says, now, put I, Before you go to, to the next place you're going to go to, <laughs> I just want to insert a comment here. Please do. Please, please do. She's a, essentially, I, I don't know that she's necessarily an assassin per se. She's obviously a criminal, a seasoned criminal, uh, maybe a lay hit woman who has committed at least one murder that we know of, presumably others. Why does she fall for that? And what did you, what I found yes. interesting about the whole moment there is she acts very like scared. Don't hurt me. Yeah. And very oh, suddenly she's this, you were talking about actually possibly viewed as offensive <laughs> would be the <laughs> fact that she goes from being this strong, aggressive, dangerous femme fatale type to suddenly like, yes. oh, look at me. I can't do anything because you have yeah. your hand oh. in your pocket and pointing and, it at me. Yeah. So he's pointing his finger through the pocket and then he demands that she put both hands up. Now, he knows she just came from the shower and you see one hand is only holding this little towel over her chest mm -hmm. and her other hand is up. And he's like, no, both of them. So she drops the towel. Now, to give a little background here. There has been no interaction between Dave and her up to this point, other than sort of in passing or when he thinks she's somebody else. Well, you know, in so that moment, like that, well, that after the after they escaped the police station, there was that moment on the sidewalk. Do you remember? Because that she kissed him. She did kiss him on the sidewalk because you remember she's patting Richard Pryor down and he says a little whatever you're oh, looking yeah, I don't I know for, but it's a little, for, to left. a little to left. And then she kisses Gene Wilder when they she think when they think they're going to die. She does kiss him. Yeah, I remember that part. You were probably sleeping. I probably was. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, so she's completely naked hands uh, up and he comes up and gives her a kiss and then makes some funny comment, which is another uh, thing they kind of carry on is that's the best relationship I've had in eight years or that's the, you know, and he walks out. He's still pointing at her through his pants, but both of his hands are out of his pocket now. So. <laughs> Um, and then you watch her like she's staring at this and her eyes lower to his midsection. And she but she never really kind of plays the coy. Ooh, you want me to put my hands up? I mean, it's none of that. I think like, that's it. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. just felt uncomfortable because the whole time she just kind of seemed scared. And then the other one is at towards the end when when uh, it's almost the end. They're trying the bad guy or she is trying to escape. Uh, and Richard Pryor gets dropped from above and kind of tackles her and they rolling around the ground. He's basically grabbing her breast. Oh, there's no basically about it, dude. He's uh, full yeah, on he, cup. Well, he cuppage. is. And, um, she's like, stop it. What are you doing? And he, he plays off the blind joke. Ah, uh, they told me in braille class to just feel around and see what's going on down there. <laughs> and again, her face was genuinely like, stop that <laughs> yeah almost as if that wasn't the act that wasn't the character and that was more the actor saying you're going too far you're crossing a line i'm a little uncomfortable with this um so both of those moments just kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable uh in general i wouldn't say they're full-on horrible moments that made me hate the movie because of them but they both felt a little awkward <laughs> well i think the the particularly the whole shower sequence everything it felt pretty unnecessary it, it yeah. just it wasn't essential to the storyline uh, other than that's how he gets the coin back but it was obvious the whole reason why is because they knew they could get jones Severance to do a little nudity and the thing i found the most surprising was because it's listed r for language and 
nudity. Like that's what it's listed for. But yeah. it was PG thirteen nudity. It's like side. It's you don't ever if you kind of catch a glimpse in the shower, but it's not. It's not. Uh, you've seen far worse in other things. Let's just put well, it that way. I, there was, uh, of course, you. I, I definitely agree. You've seen worse in other things. I've seen worse on but like cable TV, was, like The Shield. I mean, they've had worse stuff on that. Oh, uh, well, that's the yeah, yeah, cable. Um, no cable. But, <laughs> got to bring down the moral integrity of the country cable <laughs> it is it, well, it's a different set of rules i mean we i think we know that it's it's kind of different um but i think this went one step beyond because we talked about this back when we did just one of the guys because you have god i love that movie i want to do that one again. <laughs> we had to do that again we had to do it again um follow up because you've got that scene where she full-on pulls her shirt up and you see but that is actually but there's an actual point to that though well but i don't think you judge it by whether or not there's a point i think that well uh, well it depends (laughs) on what point we're describing you know what i'm saying (laughs) because um it i don't know i it would be interesting to uh to do a study on and and i know there's lots of um probably lots of articles and stuff written on this how they determine what made a pg-13 or an r and even now is it like the amount of time yes that the abreast is being shown yep is it the context so is it uh in a sexual context yep. versus, versus how much yep. of the nipple you see it i mean i'm sure there's a formula in its way there is it to some degree there is and here's the thing it's also a politicized formula and yeah, it's sure. also indicative of the time. Keeping in mind, just yes. when the guys came out, when there were PG movies, irreconcilable differences had full frontal yeah. nudity and yeah, yeah. uh, uh, sweet so I, liberty I, with Alan Alda did. I mean, there were PG movies at that time that did. So, yeah, and I think, and I think at that time when the 13 was being tossed out, it was the outcry of there really were only three different categories of movies. It was either G, PG, or R. Or X. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, mainstream movie theaters, you typically didn't have X's playing. I mean, so speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> I'm not talking about the one you worked at. Whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, <laughs> so uh, so I understand them trying to kind of split the difference so they could fit more things in that wouldn't have to go to full R. I get that. Um, and in the context of see no evil, hear no evil, there was really no sexual context to other, the new other than his occurred. boner uh, other than that. Um, which was not new. That was kind of through his pants, which was crude, but I would have thought they would have given that like crude sexual humor or something her, like that. Her initial brief nudity was more, she just happened to be in the shower. The subsequent other part added a sexual, you know, the creepy sexual vibe to it. No, the first, well, the first one wasn't really nudity. It was semi nudity. It was in the beginning. She was talking to Kevin Spacey. And she just starts like changing her clothes mm-hmm. and takes off her blouse. And she has a, a sheer, a full sheer undergarment of some sort on. Um, but that one was almost like, all right, it, it, they never really like made a big deal. He wasn't like, oh, my God, they didn't do any comedy. She was just kind of changing. And even in this, no, he did make a kind like he was staring at him and he made some comment. But they didn't like make a joke. I mean, it wasn't like they didn't I didn't feel like they lingered on it. It felt more almost natural, like it was happening, and you know that they were just there together. But the one in the shower, it definitely felt, like you said, unnecessary that they were just kind of putting that scene in. Mm-hmm. But it surprised me more that they did that shot of her getting out of the shower to reach for her bag, which was not angled, and I didn't feel like it was angled to make it a PG thirteen or to dial back the nudity at all. It felt like that was full shot. But then when they did the scene with her putting her hands up, they cut of like her high chest up. Yeah. You don't see anything. 
yeah, you don't see anything. So it just felt weird the way they kind of plugged those pieces in. Like it was almost unnecessary to have them. And maybe they thought, listen, we're already getting an R rating because of the language we're putting in. We might as well add some of these scenes in. Um, oh, no, that's not how they thought. They thought we got Joan Severance in this bad boy. <laughs> okay. we're, we're going to take full of because she I guess because more than likely um, mo- there's almost always i'm pretty sure a nudity clause in contracts one way or the other oh, either yeah. there is none or you are agreeing to do it so for yeah, her to yeah. sign on to that movie they knew from the get-go there would be the question becomes that that whole sequence just felt like they edited around her being naked when she came out of the shower and it it's not that he care one way or the other. It was just, it was just it felt weird. Like the whole this, it, the whole scene, it just felt. Other than that, was just an excuse, a way to get him the coin back. You could have come up with any number of other ways for him to get the coin back. Uh, it was all contrived anyway, because Wally's sister fakes a car. Well, she does, causes a car crash with Kevin Spacey's yeah, character yeah. to keep him out of the hotel. Get him room. out. Yeah. yeah, and that's when the whole punta 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 scene is. We're cross cutting between those three pieces yeah. of, of of the story. Yeah, the whole thing was that that whole piece was a little weird just uh, right and honestly the part i found the absolute weirdest was the him putting his hand in his pants and a killer buying it yeah it, it, yes yes because it was complete kind of out of character for her and she and knows he's just a, it, and she knows he's just a regular guy i mean he and, and aside from the fact that they um at one, you know, Wally makes several comments that she smells really good, and that's how he kind of recognizes her is by her perfume. Uh, and Dave recognized her by her legs. Other than that, they didn't make her out to be kind of a sexual object in this movie. And so that made those scenes when they acted that way towards her feel odd. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I'm sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of the show, dude. I guess. <laughs> uh, and, and just, we overthink the dumb shit you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things we teach you things like, Oh, balls itch. It's a fact. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. We yes. love you, buddy. We miss you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Oh, balls itch. It's a fact. God, I, love, I just want to go watch that movie now. Just one of the I guys. Did. Go watch it if you haven't. <laughs> oh, it's such a great movie. So, my friend... Yes, and to be clear, uh, for those of you out there, uh, we are not going to be doing Bird on a Wire next, so there will be no Joan Severance uh, trifecta. You ready to laugh your butt off? Or in in some cases... Oh, balls itch. It's a fact. I don't. I was going to laugh your balls off. I don't know where I was going with that. So anyway, <laughs> I'm listening to the Tobolowski files, and he's oh, doing, yeah. doing the whole story like he was in Bird on a Wire. Yeah. And he's talking about working on that picture and i had completely forgotten joan severance was in that one as well because i was actually gonna mention to you hey man let's do bird on a wire bird on a wire <laughs> we will do that one eventually but we're not doing that one next so not doing it next no uh no <laughs> so my dear dear comrade would you like to uh, get into our ratings uh uh sure sure So on a scale of one to five VHS tapes, or rather one to five uh, rental nights ice, of v- yeah. VHS tape action, what do you give this movie? A one is you took it back, threw it at the head of that dubious clerk that suggested it to you. A five yeah. is you actually fake. Kept it forever. Kept it forever and uh, actually may have even falsified a police report claiming it was stolen from your gremlin. 
I left my windows down, damn it! It's <laughs> <laughs> just so you could keep it and justify it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going that uh, route. No, really. I, I, from this whole conversation, <laughs> I never would have gotten that. Um, I'm going to give it a solid two. No halvesies here, no split hairs. Uh, I wouldn't have taken it back same day just because uh, uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder weren't weren't bad in this. They didn't act terribly. There was nothing that was so horrible. Um, like I said, I didn't laugh hysterically at anything in it uh it was cute enough i would have taken it back the next day and thought meh i'm not gonna rent this again i'll just go get stir crazy or <laughs> something else but which to be fair i haven't seen either stir crazy or silver streak in a really long time either yeah so i can't genuinely say they were better or worse films but uh uh yeah i, I didn't find any old nostalgia fondness or uh, unexpected hilarity in this so i'm giving it a two I'm giving it a five. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, this is 100% the CND talking. I'm giving it a three. Uh-huh. Because for some reason, this movie and movies like it, there's something about movies from this specific time period, 88 through maybe 90, 91. I have this very nostalgic bent it was you know i went to go live with my dad and we had hbo and that was when i was copying everything yeah, off hbo yeah. and this was one of those movies and i remember going to the video store and the poster for it and i just there's something i remembered very little about it for some reason the only line i remembered is probably more because of the trailer was fuzzy was he was a woman like that was one that and the <laughs> fact that joan severance was in it and and yeah. the basic storyline that was all i remembered yeah but I don't know why I just had this soft spot for it because I agree with you. It's not that funny. I mean, there were a few moments that I thought were funny and yeah. there was a few bits that I thought were funny, but I don't know. It's I can't quite put my finger on it. If it's just it's almost a smelling a smell that you can't quite describe, but it yeah, takes you immediately yeah. back to a time and a place that makes you feel warm and fuzzy yeah. or, or in, in some cases fuzzy was he yeah. was a woman. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, that's how I feel about it. So I'm giving it I a got three. It. And I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, it had, it had the very classic stereotypical style. Yeah. Uh, that was not unpleasant. Um, yes. I get that. Um, oh, we didn't even I, discuss the fact that it was directed by Arthur Hiller, who did a crap ton of actually really good movies <laughs> way, <laughs> way back in the day. You know, he was like the out of towners and the in-laws and just, and love story because, you know, love means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> nice um, we also didn't bring up uh my one uh, uh recognized face that i was i would i was get really excited when i see someone that's either an extra or nobody and it's yes. somebody that you recognize from other movies um john ring uh, which if there is not a guy that is typecast for an ultra specific role more than him uh what I recognized him from, he was the cashier in this movie. See no over here, no over. He was the the guy behind the betting counter at the uh, horse track. Yeah, and he had these glasses on, and I recognized him immediately as he was the guy from Ghostbusters at the uh, towards the end when they're in the mayor's office. He's the fire chief or the fire commissioner, right? Gotcha. Uh, did you know he was also the fire commissioner in the Blues Brothers? Did you know he was also the fire chief in Lean on Me? In real life, was he? Did he used to be a fire chief? <laughs> I didn't see that in his bio. Uh, but did you also know he played the chief in New York Undercover? Uh, did you? <laughs> hey, you know what? I say no more kidding. power to him because it's like you know Hollywood is all about typecasting. Uh, they yep. can play their whole. Oh, we're about diversity. Yeah, pfft, yeah you are. Yeah, yeah. Get, finally give a woman a, a best director 
nod after you know how many gajillions of years of academy awards but but my point is hollywood is all about typecasting that's if you want to work actors out there you want to work be totally willing to be a type if you could be a type you're the cop type the soldier type the fireman type the nurse type the teacher type whatever if you can play a type you will freaking get work look at dennis franz i mean i think he's a great actor but the reason why flowers oh yeah he's either He's either a bum or an old 49er and yes. everything. <laughs> but the point is, he worked. Yes. So absolutely. knock it, knock out he you know, from you know, we romanticize it a lot. Obviously, most people do. But the truth is, it's for a lot of it's just a job. It's just work. Yeah, it's just work. And and you know, it's not it's funny uh in this case particularly because I, I remembered it from one role as a fire chief. And as I was looking up what else he's done, I just thought it's really fascinating to see one person's uh, resume or CV of work and see that they have, they're, they're playing that singular role and they're getting work doing that singular role. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's really neat. Anyway, one more, uh, he was in Amityville to the possession. Oh, he was the police chief this time. Well, he's still, but still chief. <laughs> he was still a chief. So forever John ring will be the chief in my book. Uh, so we didn't even talk about him. But yes. Anyway. And, uh, one other person to mention was Anthony Zerby. Played the yes. big bad boss that the two worked for. I was mistaken. He's not who I initially thought he was, Jason. But he was in another movie we covered. He was in the Dead Zone. Yes, yes. When you said, I forget what movie you said he was in. I was well, like, I, ah. I glanced at it when I when I saw his face. He reminded me of Wally from Wally's World and Vacation. But the more I thought of, I was like, I don't know. Nah. And then I looked him up. I'm like, oh yeah, no, nah, nah, he wasn't. It wasn't the same guy. But yeah, yeah. But putting him in the context of the Dead Zone, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I remember exactly who he is. Yeah, he's been in a bunch. He's been a bunch of stuff. He's done a TV and he's done a, a bunch of other things as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so. All so, right. Yes, my my dear friend, I say we go ahead and jump into our movie picks. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> what is your pick? All right. So this time I'm actually going with the movie. Uh, I have not seen yet, but it is one I want to see. So I'm sure I have uh, my B-movie friends out there are going to be screaming at me that they can't believe I haven't seen this. Then they're not really uh, your friends, are they, Jason? Uh, they, they are, because uh, you'll yell at me later. Um, uh, no, I actually chose another Arthur Hiller uh, film. I chose Nightwing uh, from 1979. So it was uh, directed by Arthur Hiller and uh, stars uh, Nick Mancuso, David Warner, uh, a couple of sort of recognizable faces, but no big, big names. Um, but it's basically the story of nature run amok. It is a colony of vampire bats terrorize a small Indian community in New Mexico. Um, and uh, it turns out they're actually supernatural forces that are kind of causing the bats to attack people. And uh, it's not a so it looks good. I read a couple of um reviews from it and it has a low enough star rating that yes yes indeed i do want to see this movie so <laughs> well it, it's funny i actually that was on my short list was it really? <laughs> yes well and because uh full confession i've never seen it either and um, well, what was that now remember you gave me a couple of movie posters bats. Uh, i gave you uh, bats which had lou diamond phillips in it oh that's right yeah. I, wa- I couldn't remember i've got uh, it yeah, in it was my a late 90 poster. that's a late 90s and that was more okay. of a traditional nature run amok as i recall yeah. i actually remember seeing that at the movie theater i saw bats at the movie theater yeah i love a good nature uh, run amok movie i do it's the day belongs to man the night 
is theirs. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah which I, is, I, I don't know why. I've always had the, I remember sci-fi or SIFI as it's commonly known now, like, yeah. the, like the sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> I remember Sci-Fi Channel used to play. They would have these marathons where they would play a couple of well-known nature on a book movies. Like they play a Lake Placid, or maybe yeah, a, a, yeah. maybe a Frogs or something like that. Yeah. And then they would play Shark Attack Two or <laughs> Octopus Three. You know, just these. And they weren't the kind yeah. of crazy movies they have now. They were still yeah. somewhat grounded in some kind of reality, I guess. Kind of the Night of the Lepus and yeah, uh, but they were they were side, more yeah. modern. Like they would always have like one or two like the classic ones, and then and newer and, ones. Yeah, and then they would have these newer ones. They were obviously shot. You know, they were straight to video ones, but there were you know Killer Spider ones or Killer Snake yeah. or Killer Shark or whatever. And yep. I do, I used to love those marathons. Yeah, he should love those. So anyway, I I think Nightwing may be I don't know that we'll get to it this year, but I think that that is one we've shot probably should add to the list for uh, a future episode. Yeah, at the very least, I want to see it. So <laughs> oh, I'd like to see it, too. <laughs> uh, I'll watch it. Uh, uh, oh, the other tagline in the dead of night, they come swift, silent, savage. <laughs> so you say. <laughs> So I say, uh, <laughs> I will watch this movie eventually. Well, I just love their use of alliteration. So that's that's an excellent pick, my friend. <laughs> All right. My pick, also from the late great decade of the 1970s. Let's cue the disco music. But mine is from 1971. So before disco music, it starred Miss, former Miss uh, Woody Allen, <laughs> Mia Farrow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to say the uh, what the hell's the name of his 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 uh, adopted, adopted daughter? Yeah. yeah, let's just change the subject oh. before this gets too creepy. So yeah. yes, <laughs> it was directed by R- Richard Fleischer. It is, and you'll know why I picked it in about two seconds. See no evil. Oh, okay. From nineteen seventy one. Interesting side note: there was a movie that came out around two thousand six ish, I think, called See No Evil, starring the wrestler Kane, I believe, and it's this. Oh. I think I might have seen that. Okay. Well, I see no evil. The the IMDB, just to give you the quick synopsis, a young blind woman is pursued by a maniac while staying with her family in their country manor. Now, I saw this movie for the first time when I was around 12, 13-ish, 14, you know, a very, uh, in I guess, a, a time when I was easily influenced by what I saw. It's a PG horror movie. Okay, it has it's sort of that British vibe, not hammer because it's not that gothic, but it's it's just got that more pastoral and and country vibe to it. And it's creepy because the the thing I remembered about it when I was young was because obviously she has, you know, she doesn't have any sight. At one point, everybody in the house is dead. We know it, but she doesn't. And she's dropped off at the house and she's like going through the house and she thinks nobody's home. So she's walking by bodies or laying on a bed like oh. in a room with a bed, like on one bed, there's this body splayed out and she's, you know, it, it's not gory, but it's just creepy. Yeah. And yeah. so I wanted to see it years later and, and this would have been around around 2007 or so. So it was several years ago, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see it again. And it was when I first, I don't, I didn't first have Netflix, but I had their DVD service and so i ordered i'm like oh cool and it was the it was the one with mia farrow and i ordered it and i get this freaking one with kane i'm like what the hell is this Uh, thing it's not a remake it just happens to have the same title and and so i I didn't even bother it's like you just look dumb it's like okay i returned it i I do it again (laughs) it's like three different times i never got the damn movie Uh, 
They kept sending me. They're like, well, there's no way he wants this old movie. He must mean the new <laughs> Ceno. <laughs> Dicks, give me the right one. So I, I don't remember how I eventually got it. Maybe on YouTube or something. But yeah. but I finally did see it again. And it's it's still a good movie. It's still creepy. I will say this. As I recall, the ending, when you find out who the killer is, it's, it's pretty anticlimactic. But it's still a good movie. It still has a really creepy vibe to it. And if nothing, it's just that whole sequence of her back at this country estate, totally isolated, cut off. We know that this killer has come through the house and could still be there. And she's by her. And in that moment when she realizes it and she's trying to get out. And of course, it's not her home. So she doesn't even know how to get anywhere. And yeah. it's so freaking intense. So see new evil 1971. Cool. That is my pick. That actually sounds like a really I've never seen it. Uh huh. I've uh, never even heard of it, but the concept sounds really like I could see how that would be really creepy. Yep. I dig that. So yep. I'll put that on my list. Oh, there you go, my friend. That's that's <laughs> why that's why I'm here. Really, that's the only reason. That and hit record. That's that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay Sony Onion, why don't you hit him with some knowledge? <laughs> uh you can join the shenanigans if you like talking about old movies or even new movies because we go all over the place uh check us out on facebook on our facebook fan page we put up the episodes and uh posters and other things we were talking about on the show but you can also join us in our facebook group uh we go all kinds of rabbit trails in all kinds of places you can also find all of our contact information and reviews and other stuff on our website that's forgottenflix.com flicks with an x uh, and you can reach out to us there. Uh, I think, I think that's it. That's pretty right? much. That's pretty much it. Now, did you did you say iTunes? I don't. Uh, yeah, we're we're not on iTunes. We only do Zune. Uh, so <laughs> yes, the Zune uh, marketplace. A... <laughs> don't get me started on that one. Yes, no, but, but but of course, feel free. Please leave us reviews. Heck, you don't have to leave a review. Just click the five stars. That's all we're asking. Yep. Nice guys. Just say that. Yeah. Nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> not complete d bags. <laughs> and they know their movies kind of damn it that's the only superpower we have <laughs> that's it <laughs> really is it <laughs> well that and Yuki. come on <laughs> it, it, nice it. roundies yeah yeah <laughs> yes yes giant popos <laughs> well jason do you have any final words as we bid see no evil hear no evil a fond adieu <sighs> the only thing i have to say is is today uh, I threatened to shoot a naked woman with my erection. 